Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Big Chief with a badge, a cattle prod and a head on a stick. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Well, the feel-good factor has returned. It was, as usual, a roller coaster tonight that started with nerves and a few missed opportunities, and that was just in the bar. By the end, records had been broken, grown men and women were openly weeping up and down the land, and England had finally won a penalty shootout to take them into the quarterfinals of the World Cup for the first time in 12 years. The partying went long into the night, streets were blockaded by celebrating fans, and only the Colombian cheats were left wondering what might have been. Now, it's all about... Saturday and the Swedes. Daisy McAndrew, I hear, is having another party. 0344 499 Coming up, we'll be finding out why hereditary peers haven't disappeared from the House of Lords yet, even though they were supposed to under Tony Blair, and why pigs are being transported in horrendous conditions to be slaughtered, all because of the CO2 crisis. Apparently beer is more important than pigs. 0344 499 And as if that's not enough, we'll be telling you why watering the lawn's a bad idea in this glorious hot weather while Wimbledon is on. Yeah, Wimbledon's on as well, by the way. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Daisy McAndrew on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk a little bit about the feel-good factor. It's gone. It's completely disappeared. We're not creative enough. We're not positive enough. It's It'll come back. You think? Instead, it might also end on Tuesday. We've heard all the stories about losing to Belgium. We'll go on getting back. And if we do have to do penalties, how much of it am I going to spend behind the sofa in tears? It's time to deliver... Kane looks nervous. His two penalties against Panama went to the goalkeeper's right. They were both fantastic. What about this one? He runs up. He's gone the other way. Straight down the middle. And England lead by a golden in. Everyone seems to know the score. And yet again, England in a knockout tie of the World Cup will see their fate decided from 12 yards. England's gone. And if Pickford can make a save here, England are nearly there. Can he save this one from Backer? Yes! And now, if Eric Dyer can put this one in, England are in the World Cup quarterfinals. 
Davis. This is the moment. It's Eric Dyer against David Aspin. Eric Dyer wins the shootout. England have won a shootout. Ghosts are exercised. England are in the World Cup quarterfinal. The feel-good factor is back. There you go. They got the right one at the end That's there, just because I said yesterday. <laughs> Daisy's now in tears. She's in tears. Call for the uh, tissues. Uh, call for the Kleenex to be brought into the studio. Uh, Con there, the producer, trying to stitch me up earlier yeah, by saying uh, that I knew that uh, the feel-good factor had disappeared. But it had, though. I mean, it had definitely gone Only after the Belgian game. Um, gloom. No, not true, my corner of gloom. <laughs> Would you like a tissue? I've got some over here. I'm literally sitting here weeping like I know. a child. I know, it's fantastic. <laughs> Listen, maybe maybe it's just because of that hot weather, that World Cup fever that has hit yeah, everybody. I'm tired and, and emotional. And it is tired and emotional, you know, not enough sleep, too much wine. It's a fantastic <laughs> for time of the of yeah. the year to be alive, though, isn't it? Uh, I don't even know if he's had any sleep yet, but we're going to go live to Russia now, to Moscow, uh, and find him. Adrian, a very good, mor- very good morning or afternoon to you, I should say. Morning, you two. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Very well indeed. I mean, what about that thought, Adrian? I mean, you've got kids. I've got youngish kids. I mean, the idea that Daisy's children might actually think of a penalty shootout because the first one they've seen and they will remember as a great event. (laughs) (laughs) It's a landmark moment, isn't it? I think Daisy's absolutely right because, you know, this this is something that people of a certain age, myself and uh, the older generation, Mike. Thank you. um, Thank you, Adrian. Thank you. I mean, we're all, we supposed, to be in it. We're all in... supposed to be in it together this morning. <laughs> no, I know. We did win a shootout in 96, but it, it, that was such a, a rare moment. That was the exception that proved the rule that mm. we don't win shootouts. I've witnessed them personally in the stadium, and they're horrendous. And I didn't have any confidence going into that shootout last night. And it was only based on history. It was only yeah. based on the fact that we never, ever win a shootout. And when Jordan Henderson missed, I think everybody's heart sunk. And then, the, the only moment, I, I decided to show no emotion during the uh, shootout. I thought there's only, the only reason to celebrate is if we've actually won it. And that coming and from you means an down. awful lot, because I've previously heard well, you it, say that if you could marry a football match, you would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do get very emotional at football. And, and the thing is, no, it's true, but I, I get very emotional, very attached to it. And I, I, just, I just love football. So when uh, Henderson missed, I was... Heart sunk a little bit, but I didn't show any emotion. It wasn't over at that point. Pickford save, had a little fist pump, but I thought it's not done yet. And then when Dyer slotted home his penalty, you let the emotions flow. And it was a really emotional night because... I think I think it, what you've hit the nail on the head because it is a watershed moment in English football history, and not only will there be kids, my kids, uh, uh, exactly the same, they won't have all that history of failing shootouts, but those players as well at tournaments they haven't failed in a shootout; they've just won a World Cup shootout. That's with them now. That positivity is with them. And also, don't you think they've shown incredible maturity, not first against, not just against Panama, who we thought were the worst cheats we'd ever seen until Colombia showed up, but the amount of provocation that was going on last night by these Colombian players, horrible. which was actually really horrible. I yeah. mean, the referee struggled to get a grip of it at one point. I thought it was all going to actually just, you know, sort of collapse into complete anarchy at one point. Uh, the ref was useless. useless. You, you can't count on Geiger. Absolutely terrible referee. And is he and American? Is Sorry that... to interrupt. Because I, 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 yeah. is he, he's no, an he American is, yeah. ref. He was hopeless. He was. And he did Portugal-Morocco and he was hopeless in that game mm. as well. It, I, I, I don't think he will be here any longer because he just did not have a grip. 
when England were awarded the penalty in, in the first half, it, sorry, in the second half, it just I was looking at it thinking, what what is it? What on earth is he doing? Those players were surrounding him. Mm. They were scuffing up the penalty spot. He was doing nothing about that. He was allowing the Colombians to take charge of that situation. Really poor referee. And I think it's a great point about you know England not reacting to provocation. Jordan Henderson did a little bit, and he was very lucky. Mm. I think there's a there's a way of reacting to it. People have criticised Harry Maguire for a dive, for example. This is, this is one area, and nobody likes diving in the game. It is cheating. But what you've got to do is look at the context. Now, the Colombians were doing all they could. Off the ball, it was even worse as well, by the way. They were shocking. They were getting in our faces. They were prodding. They were provoking little elbows in the ribs that the referee didn't see. It was truly shocking. So I thought the only way that England felt they could respond to it was by practicing a little of the dark arts themselves, but mm. without getting themselves sent off. So I would, I'm, I'm not saying... England were right to dive, but I understood in the context of the game why Harry Maguire dived. Harry, Harry Kane winning free kicks by guy, you know, shielding the ball and inviting the challenge was absolutely brilliant. Mm. That's the perfect way to respond. Henderson nearly got himself sent off, and that was foolish. And I've got to admire Harry Kane because he went straight up to him after an incident. He was right in the vicinity, the skipper, and he calmed Henderson yeah. down. So I think that I think, I think Harry Kane is proving to be a really different class of footballer, that the like of which England, as a national side, I don't think have seen for a long time. Well, he won't have experienced anything like in the Premier League, anything like the provocation that the Colombians showed last night. They were an utter disgrace. Mm. Harry Kane wasn't just brilliant with the ball and, and playing and, and scoring the penalties and everything about his his game football wise was brilliant, but the leadership, you know, with the, maybe some people questioned. Uh, when he was given the England captaincy. His leadership last night, Mike and Daisy, I thought mm. was, was absolutely stunning. I mean, there were, there were moments where, again, you wouldn't necessarily have seen it on TV where he was like encouraging players around him. He was telling people to calm down. There were just moments where he was running up to individuals and talking to them. This, we're talking about a proper leader here. I don't know if England are going to go on in the win the World Cup. I don't even know if they're going to beat Sweden on Saturday, but he has already shown that he is absolutely the right man to be England captain. And his leadership was amazing, but I, I thought, so I was just saying before you came on, you know, Southgate, the, the way he sort of, even the way he kind of held himself and the way he did the huddled team talk and all that, he just seemed to exude sort of calm, paternalistic <coughs> leadership. He just, he just looked like he was doing an amazingly good job. You know what, that, the thing about Gareth Southgate is, I've known him a little while and he's an incredibly calm individual He's incredibly uh, thoughtful with everything he does and says. When he was manager of Middlesbrough, and th the reason why he got criticised when he got the appointment was because all he'd done was taken Middlesbrough down. And I saw them play at Arsenal and they lost 2-0 and they were terrible. They didn't even try and win the game. And on air, on the radio, I criticised him. And a week later, he actually came into the studios and he sought me out and said, well, I wanted to explain to you why I did what I did at Arsenal. He explained all the tactical stuff and, and the mentality of the players and why it was important not to get absolutely hammered that, that day and they were never going to win, etc., etc. But he was very thoughtful about it and he wanted to explain. And it kind of changed my opinion on it. This mm. was about, I'm talking about 10, 12 years ago, this. And it changed my opinion on him totally. And previously, I thought he was a yes man who didn't really offer much, but actually incredibly thoughtful. He's got a coach alongside him in Steve Holland who's tactically really shrewd and again we don't know if they're going to go and win the world cup but he has won a lot of friends at this world yeah. cup in the build and he was out and i, see, I see he was out conducting the fans on the pitch at one point last night as well well he, he let himself celebrate a little bit and why not you know <laughs> but the thing is that this world cup even if we do go out on saturday it'll be people will be disappointed of course and especially given that the opposition player for player i'd say we can win that game 
But he let himself go a little bit yesterday because, first of all, we, we've, we've broken a record with the win against Panama. That's our, our biggest World Cup win. You know, We've got a captain who scored a hat-trick in that game. These are reasons to celebrate but not get carried away. We've actually won a World Cup shootout after going behind in the shootout mm. as well. It's a reason to celebrate. It's not a reason to get carried away. So I think that he's, he's measured in everything and he understood that the fans... I mean... Listen, when Eric Dyer scored that penalty, I was I was in the ground and I was as a fan and I was jumping up and down on the spot shouting, "We've won a shootout." There might have been one or two other one or two other expletives in there, but that's what I was doing. Yeah. And you know, I I I had no control over what I was doing or saying, and I literally could not believe that we'd won a shootout. So I kept having to shout it out over and over again. Uh, we are in still celebratory mood. We're going to talk to Guy Abington, community safety partner uh, for the Southeast of the RNLI, an amazing organisation uh, that saves a lot lives in the summer however uh, there's a new kind of threat out there and that's people on these inflatable unicorns and inflatable flamingos they've seen it on tv they've gone and bought one they've taken it into the sea and they've been surprised to find themselves floating out into the middle of the ocean and they've had to be rescued guy very good morning to you good morning how are you yeah very well thank you very much for joining us i mean obviously when it's hot weather like this people tend to do a bit uh, of of idiocy around uh, what they do at at the seaside the more people go to the seaside more of them sort of don't seem to understand quite how the sea works and it's busy time for you guys it is a busy time. Each summer, each summer season sees an upsurge in calls, which relates to the upsurge in people visiting our our splendid coastlines. I wouldn't necessarily call it idiocy. Much of it's to do with a little ignorance around the coastal environment and, and most other uh, sort of natural water environments. Mm. But, I mean, when you take an inflatable sort of, you know, even a lilo, which is great to lie on in a swimming pool, uh, into the sea, which is tidal, uh, and is affected by the winds. It's not the best idea anybody's ever had, is it? For many years, we've been advising against people using inflatables that are meant for exactly as you say, swimming pools and, and enclosed bodies of water, uh, and not to take them on the sea. There's all sorts of things that people um, put themselves uh, at risk around. Things like uh, offshore breezes, which are very common at the coast. Um, and the difficulty is actually an offshore breeze actually makes the sea look really quite pleasant and inviting from the land. What, yeah. you're, what you're looking at is the back of the waves and the ripples rather than the front, which makes it look smoother. So people are tempted into the water wow. in conditions that would actually um, take them away from the shore. Now, and what about the, uh, the sort of upturn in, in, in the sales of these actual, you know, these kind of blow up uh, dolls, for want of a better word? It's inflatable use in the sea, and, and us having to respond to go and rescue people from them is, is not a, is not a new phenomenon by by, by any stretch. Um, but I suppose there has been an increase in the variety of of inflatable objects that could be taken into the water. It used to be just lilos and then small inflatable dinghies, and now we mm. see everything from, like you say, inflatable flamingos, ostriches crocodiles, whales, all sorts of things <laughs> uh, taken into the water. But yeah, I've seen pieces. But Guy, it's interesting, one of our uh, listeners, hello Roy, has tweeted us a picture of one of these kind of unicorn inflatable. But he makes an interesting, he says in his tweet, only 25 euros down at the beach shop today. And if you look carefully at his picture, it is, it's a shop, you know, it's a beach shop. He's obviously in continental Europe somewhere because he's paying in euros. But it's made me think, presumably you'd rather these beach shops that are located just by the beach didn't sell these inflatables because they're clearly selling them to be used on the beach well we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't advocate banning or or preventing sales of, of anything really um, within reason but um, we just strongly advise that people pay extra attention and, and 
undertake precautions to make sure they're using these in suitable situations, suitable environments. They should, if, if you do have to take it into the sea, only in the most very benign of conditions, make sure there's, there's literally no breeze at all because there is, you know, the slightest breeze can catch one of these things mm. and take you surprisingly quickly from the beach. So in, in enclosed bodies of water, if possible, uh, just lay, out it, lay on it on the sand, preferably. Mm. Um, but if you do have to take it into the sea, make sure you know what the wind and the weather are, are doing. And one of the problems, I guess, must be that they're, they're clearly designed to be very attractive to children. They're very childish mm. um, in their design. and so Or that, people on Love Island. Or people like, or people yeah. like me, uh, or childish people. But, but presumably that is one of the problems, because a lot of kids are going to want to bob around on the sea in these things. Um, you're right. Children are... Um, are attracted to to riding on them, bobbing around. But actually, if you analyse rescue statistics, um, it's not the children that get into trouble. Our our statistics clearly show a a strong slant towards young and even adult sort of teenage uh, to adult males. Mm. Um, And they're not the sort of people that are going to be dissuaded by their parents from doing anything silly. And they're also not the sort of people that, if you say, well, let's tie a tether to it, are going to have mummy hanging on the other end. (laughs) Um, So So they're basically great big (laughs) show-offs. Well, (laughs) I think there's... There's no surprise in the fact that um, much of our marketing and campaigning targets a particular group of people. And and we know that um, young adult males are at greatest risk of drowning across the board in terms of water-based and waterside type activity. Mm. Um, And and that's for a number of reasons, some of which you've um, alluded to there. They're trying to show off to the girls. Uh, Yeah, indeed. (laughs) And And then they have to get rescued. Having had (laughs) one or two many beers. But there is a staggering number of people. I mean, whenever the weather does get hot... And it's not just on the on the coastline. I mean, it happens in London. People start jumping to the yeah. Thames. Yeah. It's an incredibly tidal river. You know, where I am, it's about a 40 or 50 foot difference in height, whether the tide is out or in, you mm. know. And it runs very fast. And I mean, it's, it's, it's almost hard to imagine why people would do something like that. Well, we, we know there's a natural um, temptation to try to cool off in hot weather. And if you're by water, it's a, it's an obvious opportunity. But we've We've spent a lot of time, particularly this year, trying to advise people against entering bodies of water if they're unprepared and they're unfamiliar with that piece of water. Um, whilst the, the air temperature is hot, the water temperature around the uh, UK remains cold. Mm. I think at best at the moment we're seeing temperatures of maybe 15 or 16 wow. in the water, yeah. which is still, you know, still a temperature at which your physiological responses, um, responses like cold shock, are going to be uncontrollable. And they're sort of responses that can quickly lead to drowning, uh, accentuated if people have had um, alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, it's a a bad combination uh, all round. Let's not uh, let you go, Guy, without telling people where they can donate to you, because, of course, the RNLI, remarkably, is still kept alive and kept afloat by donations, which seems extraordinary to me. But where can people go to do that? So yes, you're, you're entirely right. We we exist entirely on voluntary contributions. If people go to our uh, general website, which is rnli.org.uk, um, and also if people want to learn a bit more about our summer campaign and how to stay safe on the water and at our coast, visit uh, www.respectthewater.com. Okay. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number. Jamie East coming up at one o'clock, of course. We're going to take some calls now, though, uh, Daisy, because quite a few people want to talk about the problem uh, with the meat production in this country. Because I think there are an awful lot of things that we've discovered since this CO two crisis came along. And Richard uh, is in Leeds, wants to say something. Hi, Richard. Hi, Mike. Um, big fan of the show. Thank uh, you, hi, Daisy, as well. Um, yeah, I just want to say just very quickly. I think it's sort of in this day and age that where people are always going on about things like gender issues and all this sort of thing yeah. and human rights. I think we are sort of getting away from the more simpler issue that the animals are being quite badly treated. Yeah. I mean, certainly in sort of this mass-produced time we live in, it's factory farming and all this sort of thing. But, and I think it's probably people don't really understand or, or people don't know because it is sort of hushed up. And yeah. I think if people actually did a bit more research and sort of said and found out where all this cheap food comes from. For example, you can go and buy, go to the co-op and buy a chicken for like three pounds. Yeah. It, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think people, don't, people don't understand that. Um, and certainly I think it's something that we really need to start moving away from, certainly mm-hmm. in this day and age. It's ridiculous. But it sounds from what our last guest, Philip Limbury, was saying, it's quite difficult to move away from it because, you know, the government doesn't seem to be terribly interested in changing the law. I mean, surely it might not be that difficult to make it illegal to gas animals before you kill them. Well, I, I think as well, it, it, again, they're probably not particularly interested. Probably it's, it's money, pressure from farming, all that sort of thing. Uh, but again, I think certainly, like all these things, it, it's not really up to the government to solve everybody's problems, is it? I think it's something that we need to be doing. That's true. That's it's true. Just, but I mean, in, right. in, but in terms of legislating for something to be made into law, they have to do that. Yes, yeah, I think you're right, Mike. I think it certainly has to come from everywhere, doesn't it? Certainly, I think there's, there's a lot of things that we can do uh, to pressure the government as well. And, and I think making it more sort of raising awareness is a horrible phrase. Um, it's certainly one of the more important things. But, sort of say to them, but look, this is an issue that people are concerned about. But Richard, if if change, I mean, I completely agree with you, but if changing um, you know, behaviours or, as Mike said, if, if outlawing certain types um, of, of slaughter 
would probably put the prices up in the supermarkets. And what do you think the public reaction to that would be? Do you think people would accept it, pay those extra costs and understand that it's, you know, for the benefit of the animals? Or do you think that actually people, when it comes to their own supermarket shopping and their own finances, don't care that much? I I think, Daisy, I'm not an animal rights activist or, or one of those nuts by any means, but even like a simple Google search of going on, if you Google something like pigs in cages, yeah. people literally put farm pigs in, in a cage where it can't move. I think probably, if, if again, if you're sort of raising awareness and this and saying, look, this is actually where your cheap bacon and chicken, etc., comes from, you're going to be a particularly horrible person to turn around and say, mm. I think I'm fine with yeah. that. I prefer to have cheap meat. Uh, and again, yeah, I think people just don't, don't realise, they don't understand. And I think. Yeah. So you're saying, Richard, if people knew yeah. more, they would probably buy the stuff less? I, I would hope so, certainly. Mm. But it's interesting, um, isn't it? particularly with the organic um, fruit and veg, it was such a trend, wasn't it? And people got mm. so worried about GM foods. And, yeah. all that stuff. and that trend has reversed quite has a lot. It? Now. Yeah, people aren't buying as much organic as these. But now, is partly that price-driven, though? Price-driven, yeah. I think, probably the recession and so on. Right. But the fashion doesn't seem to be mm. there either. I mean, to me, I mean, I'm fortunate enough, you know, to be able to maybe spend a bit more money on it. I'll always think that the, 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 the less mass-produced food tastes better. Oh three four 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 nine nine one a thousand is the number. We're still looking for a picture from Downey Street, please. If you're out there and about in a black cab <laughs> or just walking around, uh, generally listening to talk radio and admiring the beautiful sights of Whitehall, and we I want must... to see whether there is a flag flying over Downey Street right now. I must thank Graham. The two semi-finals are at seven p.m. and the final, which of course is Sunday week, yes. uh, is at four p.m. Four. So I'm so I That's think the 15th, I, isn't I it? have managed to shift my meeting. Good. Which is looking dangerously Excellent. close to. Yes. Kick off if, but of course I've now jinxed it because we won't be in <laughs> Wednesday's game now well, because we'll I've see. moved a meeting. I must say I was very surprised that Adrian Durham was quite as uh, sort of um, down, not downbeat exactly, but kind of sensible. Well, he was funny about it, wasn't? Because he was saying that during the penalties, he he managed to show no yes, emotion at right. all. He was sort of almost playing a game with yeah. himself that he yeah, didn't, yeah. he wouldn't allow himself yes. to be, particularly after we. You know, didn't get um, one of the the penalties right. that he you know, convinced himself it wasn't all over. Whereas right. the rest of us were lying on the floor, oh, bashing, bashing. Well, the there's, car. A, there's, a, there's a piece of footage as well of, of a whole load of fans watching a big screen, I think, and yeah. one of them when the uh, when Pickford saves. The, the, the ball and everyone else around him is going mad he's completely stoic yeah because he's saying hang on we have to score the next one yeah and I've... then when he scores the next when the English score the next goal then he goes mad I love Pickford yeah. he's so sweet you know he um he's been with his girlfriend for 10 years since they were 14 really? years old they met at school yeah and they're still together well That's he's made sweet. himself into a national hero sort of overnight we're going to take some calls in a moment uh, Rob says this it's priorities on spending people don't mind spending loads on beer clothes holidays sky tv etc but not a bit more on quality food it's probably because the food is there, doesn't look that different, but is very different in cost. Well, it does taste an awful lot different. But one of the things I was going to mention was one of the big supermarket chains, I won't name which one, um, had, a, had, a, had a sort of series of things like eggs and bacon and ham coming from this farm, right? And they gave the farm a name and the farm sounded lovely and it sounded very fluffy and it turned out the farm didn't exist. It was just it's a just name. A- Marketing it, was, it was a ploy. marketing ploy. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that the, that the food wasn't sort of, you it's know, like the eggs weren't free it? range. But that's why people say, well, you know what? Why would I pay extra for something that yeah. is just a con? Because it's just a fiddle. Just because you say it's organic doesn't mean it is. And I think yeah. the only way you can absolutely know is to go to a, a, a very, very reputable and well-known kind of, you know, smaller outlet 
that you trust that maybe in your neighborhood that you know like a local butchers that you know where the stuff comes from I and mean, i go to borough market as i bore people with all the time <laughs> i know but you know where the stuff's coming from yeah. you know yeah. they have a, a guy that talks to you there they have pictures of the farm they tell you you, you want to go visit the farm you can go you know and the, and the stuff tastes so much better i think that people used to think that the sort of small independent butchers particularly were going to go out of yeah business because of supermarkets and a lot did is sort of in the 80s and 90s but i do feel they're coming but back. some of that was because their practices were probably not that much better whereas the yeah. ones that are now doing well yeah. are the ones that are targeting you know sort of idiots like me that will pay yeah. a lot more money for a piece of meat than, than probably i should but well, know, you know like, like farmers markets we went yeah <laughs> we went to a farmers market a few years ago um up in queen's park in northwest mm. london and i bought two chickens and i didn't ask how much right. they were before right. I, before they packed them up and they were something like 25 quid each. I mean, it was yeah. just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I was so embarrassed yeah. that I didn't say, no, no, no. <laughs> no. I, mean, I remember my husband saying, did they go to Eton or something? I mean, what, <laughs> how on earth could chickens yeah. cost that much? They've got some uh, gold wrapping or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Let's talk to uh, Jarrett, who's in Southampton. Hi, Jarrett. Oh, good afternoon. Afternoon. What would you like to say? Um, with regards to uh, what you were talking about with pigs just now, yeah. it reminded me of a conversation that uh, I had with my, my missus last week. She went to the vet, um, and there was a chap in there who had a, uh, an animal put down, who was a gerbil or something. But um, it, it got us talking, and I, and I sometimes, you know, I've wondered before in the past, I was to tell my missus that um, death row inmates, when we give them a lethal injection, they can take 20 minutes, half hour to die. They flash around on the gurney. The relatives of the victims that are there to see it, they're traumatised by what they see. Well, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure how many executions you've witnessed, Jarrett, but that's a rather a flowery uh, description of them, I have to tell you. It does happen sometimes like it that. It does. When it's it goes, not, it's when not, it's it not goes, meant to happen When like it goes that. wrong, oh, yeah, but that's not as a general... It's not as a general principle, though. Well, no, but you do hear that some states, you know, are banning it because they say it takes too long and it's not a clear-cut science. But the, the point I was making was, is how can we be sure when we take our dogs to the vet for a lethal injection that it actually works? Who tests our dogs to see that, they, you know, they're not just shot their eyes and not moving? You know, and, well, I think it depends on, dead. I mean, I've, I've never had to do that. I'm, uh, I probably will have to do it at some point. However, um, I imagine if you go to a reputable vet, so that if you want to be present while it happens, I imagine you can and you can see. Well, yeah, and most people do, I would assume. But, yeah. I mean, you know, if they've got problems with death row inmates in America that can't die within a, you know, a, a, a set period of time, we'll bring them over here and give them to a vet and do it in seconds. It's a strange thing to be fixated about, uh, Jarrett, <laughs> to be honest. But, Jared, no, are you, are you saying that, therefore, <laughs> that, you know, when, when so farm animals are slaughtered, that how can we be sure that it's humane? Is that what you're saying? Well, just, just you know... The slaughter of animals doesn't really touch us, does it? Because we don't actually see it. But where it does... No, but when you think about it, does it not... take our dogs in. But does it not bother you how the meat that you are eating is slaughtered? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. It should be on on the packaging. But it just, you know, it just made me think that, you know, when we take our dogs in to to get put down, how do we know they don't suffer if we cannot do it to a human being? Well, I've just told you that, you know, you could go in and watch them do it and then that way you do know that they don't suffer. That's the whole point. Also, vets became vets because they want to, you know, make lives, make animals' lives better. And I'm sure that they, you know, they would have, uh, you know, every 
capability of knowing whether, yeah, it's, whether so. it's humane or not. I think so. Gerard, listen, thank you, for, thank you for your call. There's a great story about dogs in the papers today. Have you seen this one about um, how dogs have lost the ability to kiss and make up? Really? So there's been a... Kiss a, and make up, what, with other ki- dogs? With other dogs, right. yes. So there's been a research that was in the Royal Society Open Science uh, magazine or something, and they did an investigation into the social effects of domestication. Of course, domestication you know, happened to dogs who've you know, evolved to because, exist of course, in they've human come, society. Many of them, not not all dogs, I don't think, because many dogs have been kind of invented, if you like, by man. Have been but, created, but, yeah. Yeah, but originally dogs came from wolves, is, is the argument, right? Yes, and they should all have wolf-like um, you know, hab- habits or instincts. Or instincts. Yeah. But one of the skills that um, wolves have and dogs don't have um, is re- conflict resolution. Mm. Uh, and the reason for that is because wolves hunt in a pack right. they have to be able to get on with each other yes. um, so when you study a wolf you'll see that they fall out quite often they have little mini fights but then they very very quickly kiss and make up yeah. in order to carry on as, a, like, as uh, a cohesive pack I, you know what I see a pattern here emerging I see that the dogs have now decided to copy the millennials because the millennials also <laughs> can't deal with conflict resolution well, because, no, so because the, they've so, had it all taken away from them because they're not allowed to get upset with anybody no it's almost worse so domesticated dogs, dogs have lost the ability to kiss and make up and when they ha- they fall out with other dogs they just sulk and, yeah. they, d- and they don't have any sort well, of com- my co- conflict resolution the ecologist in my it. ear saying it's rubbish and I should shut up but the point is <laughs> right uh, that the, the conflict resolution and arguing is not something that is now something that happens as a general rule well, because they're all snowflakes no, yeah because you're not allowed to offend anyone so you're not allowed to say anything that might offend anyone therefore they don't know how to kiss and make up either because they're too woke Awoke, exactly right. Yeah. I had to look woke up the other day. Did that's you? how cool I am. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Well, you should spend more time on Twitter. You'll and now get... I'm just dropping it casually into conversation yeah, to exactly. show how woke. Exactly. Uh, Jamie says, uh, it's wrong to say that, uh, uh, you know, food is, is in fact too expensive. Quality food can be cheap, he says. I can make a delicious chicken stew or a vegetable curry very cheaply using quality ingredients. It's laziness that does for them. Uh, they can't be bothered to cook. There is some truth in that. Yeah, yeah, you know, there is. Because we hear, I mean, we may talk about it tomorrow. There's been a map produced of the obesity levels in the country, yeah. right? And it will come as no surprise to you or to me, probably, that an awful lot of the obese places are what might be described as poorer uh, and more deprived parts of the country. Mm. But that's not because they... I mean, you know, if they were cooking and eating the right food, they might not be as obese as they are. The fact is they're eating fast food, they're eating processed food, they're eating the kind of food that they might think is cheap but actually isn't because you can cook very, very cheaply in this day and age. But so I think I think there is a, there's a, you know, the skills have often been lost. But there's also, you know, that sort of proper home cooking is time consuming. And a lot of people, so, you know, particularly if they're sort of holding down two jobs, particularly two low paid jobs, the, the time involved is a lot of people just don't have it. I mean, I'm a huge fan talking about sort of cheaper cuts of meats, things yeah. like that, of doing, you know, like a slow cooked yeah. shoulder of lamb sure. or slow cooked, you know, the sort of unsexy f- cuts of, of beef. Yeah. Absolutely. A fraction of the prices. But, you know, it's got to be in the oven for four or five hours. You've got yeah. to be around. It does, they, yeah, but that's exactly when time. you don't need much time. I mean, that's very little preparation. You put it all in a casserole, stick it in the oven, put a couple of yes, carrots you, in. What I'm saying is you can't do it when you are at work. Uh, well, you could if you had a really slow cooker. Well, just chuck cooker. it in the argo. Oh, well, we're splitting hairs now. Oh, no, we're not. Because all these people have argos. That was a joke. <laughs> was a joke. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.